Hi, thank you for joining me for the second installment of Todd Talks. Today I'm going to dig back into the archives of um, something that I had written to my students uh, when we were um, in the hybrid mode where I would only see uh, groups of students a couple days a week. Um, and, uh, and, and I was noticing that my students' academics were really, really bad. Uh, and kids who normally had A's, B's were C's, D's, and, and, and many of the kids failing. And um, despite kids having tremendous more time to complete work and work that was really, by and large, considerably easier than what we normally would give, given the COVID restrictions and the ability to meet with kids, standards were really loosened, but despite all of that, um, grades were looking really bad. And kids, I noticed, were really falling into a depression, and I was getting a lot of emails from students feeling disappointed in themselves, that they weren't meeting their normal standards, that they were lacking motivation, and then um, this just continued to perpetuate that if they weren't feeling good about something, then they weren't motivated to, to do the next assignment, and then of course, they didn't do that next assignment, and grades continued to fall, and it just became this this, this, this perpetual cycle of, of disappointment and, and, and failure and depression. And so ultimately I, I watched as much as what this, as much of it as I could. And I decided that uh, I needed to address it as best that I could. So I just want to make an audio recording of what it is that I had written to my students that year. Cause I think it's a, it's a message that's that's relevant and, and it's probably only going to continue to be more relevant as we continue to, to move forward in, in such a superficial society. So here goes. Good morning. As a teacher, what I'm about to write to you is a difficult message to balance. I expect each and every one of you to work to your ability and to your potential. Nothing more and nothing less. I'm seeing an increase in two types of students. Students who are not working to their potential and abilities and then conversely, students who believe they must be perfect. Perfection does not exist, at least in human beings. So please stop trying to be perfect. If you're doing your schoolwork and putting in your best efforts, then that is enough. You are enough. This is a message too many adults and kids need to realize. You are enough. I've never heard of anyone's last words on earth being, I wish I could have gotten an A in my you know, geometry class, my algebra class, my English class. I mean, fill in the blank. The list could go on and on. Stop trying to be the perfect academic, the perfect body image, the perfect friend, the perfect student, the perfect son, daughter, brother, sister, cousin, grandchild, etc. Where I think there's always room, though, for improvement is for each and every one of us to be our best selves. Daily, I sit at my desk or walk around my classroom and I find myself smiling at the beautiful array of personalities and diversity I see in my room. I look at my students and I see so much goodness, but I can also see the pain on many kids' faces. Yes, even through the masks which obscure so many faces, I can still see in many the pained look in their eyes. I've been doing this for a long time and so I know those looks of frustration and worry, but honestly, at 50 years old and having had an amazing array of sorrow and joy in my own life, I can tell you I find the greatest joy and happiness not by trying to achieve perfection in my job or my interests, but rather in the little things in life, such as helping someone at the grocery store reach for an item uh, just out of their reach. And believe me, at six foot six, this happens a lot. Or, or giving someone my cart at Aldi and not asking for the quarter that I left in it 
or smiling at strangers or, or smiling at someone uh, or giving a friendly wave to someone who uh, pulls out in front of me in traffic rather than showing anger. Laughing at myself. I mean, I might as well. Everyone else does, right? <laughs> Sitting in a comfortable chair on my porch and watching and listening to the young family across the street play with their toddlers. That is so fun. That's the good stuff, people. It reminds me of when my little boy was little and, and what fun it was just to sit and watch and listen and play with them and not worry about these other cares in the world that come in, just living in that moment. But the list could go on. Like many of you, though, I have and do struggle with body image issues. It might be surprising that your teacher is willing to share this, but I think we can all grow from this. Um, you know, I, I constantly would worry and, and still fight the battle a little bit that am I too heavy, too thin, am I too tall, am I too old, am I too balding, are my ears too big, my nose too large. But at the end of the day, none of these things matter because, well, they just don't matter. What matters is being your best self and living your truth. Embrace who and what you are. I realize this is easier said than done, and I certainly do not expect anyone to read this and suddenly change their life. I'm not a fool. But what I am is optimistic that when and only when we are willing to recognize each of us or ourselves is enough, then everything else will fall in line. Okay, I'm done rambling out here. But in closing, know if you're ever feeling down and that you are not enough, you are enough that you are enough for the people in your life that matter. You are enough for yourself. You are enough for your mother, your father, your relatives. Stop looking down on yourself. There are enough people in this world who are willing to beat you down. Don't add to that. Don't help them out by adding to that. You are enough. <clears throat> I, I do want to go back for just a minute now, and this is something that didn't appear in the original letter, and, and it's that issue um, of, of body image and struggles. And, and I have dealt with, um, at, at least in this past school year, several students who have suffered with that. And I, and I understand that monster. Um, I'm six foot six. I'm a large framed individual. And uh, I'm not going to talk specific numbers, but because of my height and how big I am, um, my numbers on a scale are, would probably horrify most people. And, and I know that. And since I know that number is so large and most people don't come near weighing what I do, every time I get on a scale, and I see that number um, that begins with a two, um, it, it, it freaks me out a little bit. And, um, but I've learned to have gotten better with this. It's only recently that I've really realized the depths to which I had an eating disorder and body dysmorphia. And I guess I wouldn't even say had, I guess I would still say have. Um, I think it's something that you can never truly fully um, get over. I think it's always there. It's kind of the monster stalking in the shadows. Um, I got into cycling a few years ago because it was a good way to lose weight, to get trim. And I suddenly got addicted to the sport, but for different reasons than what I'm addicted to it now. When I started riding a lot, um, I started losing a lot of weight and people started noticing. And there'd be, hey, Todd, or hey, Mr. King, you're looking so thin. And, and your mind feeds on that, especially the comments, oh, you're looking good. 
And so you start thinking, wow, if, if I look good now and I've lost five pounds or 10 pounds, wow, how much better will I look when I've lost, you know, another 10 pounds, another five pounds? And, and this monster just continues to grow. It just consumes. It gets larger and larger. At the same time, you're getting smaller and smaller, smaller physically, smaller as a person. Your world closes in because I became so obsessed with exercise, riding that bike, with counting the number of carrots that I would have for lunch, the number of grapes, the few slices of turkey, looking at the nutrition labels on everything. And then when I deviated from that, the, the intense feelings of guilt, it was horrible. And so I was quickly losing a lot of joy. And as this was going on, my wife, who is my best friend in the world, and, 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 and I've been married to her for almost 30 years, um, used to ask me, why do you want to be so thin? Why do you ride your bike so much? Okay, she, she didn't realize what was happening. And in all honesty, I don't think I was either. I was delusional believing that I was trying to lose this weight now because I wanted to be a better, faster cyclist. And if you look at all the cyclists, they're super skinny guys and they're small. You don't run into many six foot six, 200 plus pound guys. And I was getting stronger and faster, but then I hit a point where I was getting slower and, and, and tireder. And, and I think that was because I wasn't eating enough. And I don't know at what point it happened, but at some point um, I started deviating from this and, and I started breaking those eating habits a little bit. Maybe I just was hungry all the time. Maybe I was just tired of, of, of the stress and the worry and I, and I just needed a break. Um, so I started eating a little more and a little more. And then, of course, here it starts coming again. I catch myself standing in front of a mirror sideways, looking to see if my belly looks big. Certain clothes I would no longer wear um, because I thought that they maybe made me look larger. Even recently, and I'm making this podcast May 27th, even just a few days ago, in fact, May 26th, I wore a shirt for the first time that I haven't worn in a long time because it's kind of a form-fitting shirt. And I didn't think that I could, you know, wear it or pull it off, that, that it might make me look, you know, heavy again. And so it's such a battle to fight. Um, and so my wife and I were out to dinner about a month ago, and I don't know how we got on the subject, but it, but it finally came up, and, and we talked about that about back when I was, was super skinny, and I was. I was probably close to 40 pounds less than what I weigh now, and, and most people, by and large, if they looked at me, would say that I'm thin. Um, but taking another 40 pounds off of that it was hard to imagine and, and kind of horrifying. So, um, but anyways, we're out to dinner and the subject came up and, and, and maybe I brought it up because I was talking about when I was cleaning my closet out the other day and getting rid of some clothes and I pulled a pair of pants out of the closet uh, that had been in the back corner for some time that I bought during the height of this calorie counting, carrot counting uh, period of my life. And um, I went to pull these pants on and I could probably get them maybe midway up my thighs. And uh, it was just such a shocking moment. And at first the thought hit me, oh my God, I've gained this much weight. I, oh my gosh. But then I realized, no, that, that's, that's not normal. Look at these pants. These are something that, you know, maybe a middle schooler would have worn. It was, they were like four sizes smaller than what I was, than, than what I was used to wearing. 
and and so there was really not much that I could I could that I could come to terms with, um, other than hey, look, this old thing is kind of sneaking back to me. What 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 am I going to do? Um, and then I realized again, no, 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 don't go back down that road. And so then all of a sudden the shame started hitting me, and what the shame was was that how self-obsessed and self-absorbed and how ill I must have been to focus so much on my weight and my physical appearance that I felt such shame that that was about vanity. Who was I to think that it mattered how others perceived me? So, so, the, so there was that element of, of vanity that I thought I had to look a certain way. Maybe that's a bit of narcissism as well, I don't know. But then also there was that shame that my wife who was telling me, I look fine, you need to stop losing weight. Um, I ignored her, I didn't listen to her. You know, who knows me better than her? And, and then as, again, my mind was just a whirlwind all because of these pants that I was looking at that were midway up my thighs. And the shame just was terrible. And so when we sat at dinner that night and I finally confessed all of this, um, my wife was like, why, why didn't you tell me this before? How come, how come I'm just hearing about this? And I told her and, and, and that it was because I felt so much shame. Um, I didn't want her to be disappointed in me. I didn't want her to know how shallow I had become. You know, I mean, I, I love her to the ends of the earth and, and, and the last thing I ever want to do is to disappoint her. And so I didn't want her to know how focused I was on something so trivial because that's I'd like to believe that's not who I am I, I I'd like to believe that I'm more concerned about the well-being of others and global issues but the reality was I became so focused on myself and I know I probably missed out on a lot of fun activities family activities um, because I was afraid um, going out to a dinner a certain place or, or eating certain birthday cake or, or uh, whatever, I don't know. But I was just so focused on that. So I understand that. And, and even to this day now, I still won't get on a scale. And in fact, just recently, I, I went to my doctor for a physical and, and another issue that I needed to, um, to have looked into. And uh, as I climbed onto the scale, I told the doctor, I, I don't want to look at the scale, okay? Um, I, I have an issue with that. And, uh, sh and she's very tiny, my doctor, and said, well, I'm sorry, but you're going to need to read those numbers to me. I can't see the readout. It was a digital scale, and she's very, very petite. And uh, so unfortunately, I had to tell her what those numbers were. And oh, boy, I felt the monster starting to lurk back in the shadow because, um, you know, those numbers were not what I wanted them to be. Um, so I'm doing better. I wouldn't say I've slipped back, but I do still find myself standing in front of that mirror sideways thinking, is this shirt too big? Are these pants uh, looking, you know, too blousey, too whatever? Um, and, and why does it matter? I know I'm healthy. I know I'm fit. But I find myself worrying about that. Does it come from some bullying that I endured when I was younger? Does it come from parents uh, who... Um, struggled with weight issues and, and died early um, when my father died from diabetes, um, heart disease, and, and probably being overweight as well. And, and my mother's uh, death was more to, due to a rare form of cancer, but still she struggled with weight. 
Um, or is it just my own insecurities? Or is it from the superficial world we live in where people are constantly photoshopping and thin, thin, thin is what's being pushed? I don't know where it comes from. I, I do know one thing, that it's not healthy. And the other thing that I know is that I have a lot more to offer to the world than the size of my waist or the size jeans I wear or whether I wear a large or extra large shirt or whether my shirt looks blousey or not. The reality of it is nobody cares. What matters most is finding that happiness with myself. And I confess that I have truly found that. And I find that in so many aspects of my life, making this podcast and talking to some of you who may be choosing to listen right now, I certainly hope that I've reached you in some way. And if you're struggling with some of these issues, that maybe it makes some sense to you. Um, you know, hearing somebody else vocalize the same thing, an adult, you know, that you're not alone. Um, so at any rate, I know I'm kind of rambling now, and I apologize for a few minutes ago. I was um, kind of got on a little bit of a ramble. You might have noticed I, I lost my train of thought, and uh, I had a coworker come in. I'm making this podcast in my classroom, and, um, and I was trying to mouth to her at the same time that I was, I was unable to push pause on what I'm doing. So sorry about that. But as I said before, in my first podcast, and I'll say it again, I'm just a guy. I'm not a professional uh, podcaster. I'm not Dr. Phil. I'm not a psychiatrist, uh, a therapist. I'm just a guy who has uh, spent 25, 26 years in front of kids, who's raised his own 25-year-old child, and who thinks, thinks he uh, understands um, his students and thinks he has something to offer them. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But thank you for joining me. And I look forward to making another installment. And I would love to hear feedback from you if, um, if this touched you in any kind of way or helped you. Or, or I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. I think there's a link where you can message the maker of a podcast or a podcaster, if that's the right term, or my email. Those of you who um, attend the school where I teach would know what my email is. Thank you. Have a great day. And as I normally end my classroom, goodbye, so long, see you, take care, blah, 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 you know the rest of it.